listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. You feeling good? Yeah? I couldn't really hear anybody, but uh, I know they're nodding. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we just thank you for your presence today. We thank you for our family here in the Lord. We thank you for opportunities to serve you. And Lord, uh, as we've already heard today, we owe a debt that you paid for us, and we are bought with a price. We are yours. And Lord, I pray that that would compute in our heads and in our hearts and through our actions, God. As we look at your word today, let it bring revelation, Lord, that brings transformation, that brings us into an encounter, a deeper encounter with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, if you'd like, to Ezekiel 37. We're going to talk about the Valley of Dry Bones. title of today's message is, Can These Bones Live? Can These Bones Live? It's something I kind of ask myself every morning. Can these bones live? (laughs) Ezekiel was a prophet. He was right in there with Jeremiah, Daniel. He was a prophet to the people in exile. Uh, God's word that he spoke to them through Moses. If you serve me, I'll bless you and establish you. If you serve other gods, I will cut you off from that blessing. But this is the good news, that even when we are cut off, God still doesn't abandon us. He is faithful and merciful, even when we don't deserve it. That's his mercy and his grace. Not one of us deserve it, but he pours it out. He's faithful to do that. And so this is a word to the nation of Israel. It's a miracle word. We started... Worship today, singing, there's nothing that our God can't do. It's nice when we're standing in church and all singing together, but then when we face stuff in life, we have to remind ourselves of what we were singing. (laughs) Yeah, we got to start living what we're singing. All right, Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of of the valley, and it was full of bones. He led me all around among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, and indeed they were very dry. These were old bones. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones come to life? Can these bones live? Oh, Lord God, I replied, only you know. You know. 
And he said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and tell them dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh grow upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath within you so that you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, there was suddenly a noise, a rattling. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? There was a noise. There was a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And as I looked on, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and tell the breath that this is what the Lord God says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me. And the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet. A vast army. This is kind of graphic, isn't it? It's pretty dramatic. It's pretty amazing. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look, they are saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope has perished. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and tell them that this is what the Lord God says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves and bring you up from them, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and I bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it, says the Lord. I will do it, declares the Lord. Number one, God placed Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. He grabbed him, he lifted him up, he set him down. This just wasn't death. This was like way, way, way beyond. And this was shameful death because to the Jewish people, once you died, it was an honor to bury the bones. If someone was not buried, it was a terrible disgrace. And bones represented to the Jewish people resurrection. And the fact that this is what would remain, this is what all that's left, and this was what God would gather at the resurrection. And so here are all these exposed bones, long gone, hopeless, disgraceful, shameful, valley full of them. He's right in the middle of it. 
Sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of impossible, hopeless situations. And we wonder, can there be life here? God asks Ezekiel, isn't this something? Because I'm sure Ezekiel, put yourself in that valley just for a minute. You don't have to stay there, okay? The whole point of this message is you don't have to stay there. <laughs> we can find ourselves in some awkward, horrible, hopeless places, but we don't have to stay there. Amen. Let's have a closing song. No, I'm not quite done. If you don't remember anything else today, remember, you don't have to stay there, wherever you are right now. God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Look around, Zeke. Now, if anyone else had asked that question, the answer would be an immediate no. They did. Look around you. Why are you even asking this question? But God's asking. And Ezekiel's answer is profound. Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, Almighty, powerful one, the one I serve, Lord, you know, you know, and in Ezekiel's response is the answer to that question, can these bones live? Because he addresses God as Adonai, which means Lord, Ruler, Master, Sovereign. It's a name for God. It's the guy in charge. Adonai, Lord. He's king. He's boss. We, we, in, in our society... You know, we've, we don't have that absolute ruler thing going on in our heads. But Ezekiel knew it well. Ezekiel knew it well. Because their country had been conquered by an absolute ruler of the world. The Babylonian Empire. There would be a series of world rulers that took over. The Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. And looking up from the bottom of the valley, it is hopeless. Because who are we? In Jesus' day, the Romans, Caesar, was in charge. Why even fight it? There's a supreme leader on earth. But Ezekiel says, Lord. He's acknowledging God is above everything else. Can we acknowledge that? When you get in despair about what's going on in the world, and I do on a regular basis, it's crazy. Crazy. It's been crazy. I could look at it and say, well, this, this, this scenario, it's hopeless. But then I have to say, Lord, are you not in charge? Are you not, Lord? 
And then he says he, he addresses God by his name. Because not only is his, he Lord, he has revealed his name to us. He revealed his name to Moses. He revealed his name in the burning bush. Yahweh, or however it's pronounced, we don't know. Because the Jews stopped pronouncing it because they revered it so much. All we know is YHWH. We say Yahweh, the, the, the King James translators pronounced it Jehovah. And in your Bible, it'll have L-O-R-D in all caps. That's that name. And that name revealed in the burning bush, the bush that was never consumed but kept burning, that fire that didn't need any fuel. Just think about that. Fire that needed, it was self-sustaining flame. God who exists, who doesn't need anything to exist, who just continues, and, and, and that was the best picture he could come up with to communicate with Moses. What is your name? I am. I am. That's all you need to know is I am. And that's all we need to know is God is. He is God. He just is. I am. In the book of John, there's seven I am's that Jesus pronounced about himself. You see, we have something that Moses didn't have. We have something that Ezekiel didn't have. We have Jesus. We have God revealed in the flesh in the Gospels. In Exodus 34, Moses says, show me your glory. Sometimes we don't know what we're asking. You really couldn't handle my glory, Moses. He says, well, hide down. Hide. I'll, I'll pass by. You can't even see the fullness of my glory. You can see the trail that I leave, basically. God descended in a cloud in Exodus 34, 5, and he stood with him there, and he proclaimed his, what did he proclaim when Moses said, show me your glory? God's glory is his name, because his name is who he is. I am Yahweh, I am the Lord, I am Jehovah. The Lord passed in front of Moses and called out, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving devotion and faithfulness, maintaining loving devotion to thousands of generations, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. This is the God who knows. This is the God who is. This is the God who commands Ezekiel to speak. This is the God who revives, who brings to life, for whom a valley of dry 
bones is no problem whatsoever. This is the God who heals, the God who delivers, the God who has assembled us together to represent him. And Ezekiel addresses this God. He says, you know. You know because it's who you are. You know if these bones can live. If you want these bones to live, basically he's saying they can live. And sometimes we find ourselves in valleys and in places that are not pretty, situations that are hopeless. Sometimes God just makes sure things go beyond past dead in our lives. Things that we cannot fix. You ever been there? In a place? I mean, I'm a fixer. I can fix a lot of stuff. Up until the year 2000, I thought I was pretty good at it. That's when I came here full time. Found out there were a lot of things I just couldn't fix. I tried to fix people. No, we didn't have CR back then. We didn't say, we're not here to fix people. <laughs> I just love to, because I know exactly how to fix them. If they just do what God tells them to do. Yeah, but there's a problem. It's right in between our ears. And there's another problem. It's right down here. Because if it made sense, a lot of times we wouldn't do it, guys. We do stuff that doesn't make sense all the time. If we knew if I only do this one thing, it's going to ruin the rest of my life. Do you think we would do it? But we do anyway. But Lord, he's been dead four days and he stinks. If only you had been here. You ever told that to God? If you would have just done what I said when I wanted you to do it, then it would be all fine now. <laughs> now look what you've done. And you have the nerve to show up after he's been dead four days and stinking. We know you can heal. Well, Jesus wanted to reveal himself as the one who could resurrect. It's good looking back on it, isn't it? But Lord... I'm only a youth. That's what Jeremiah said. Before you were born in your mother's womb. I'm assuming God talked to him that way. I knew you. And I've anointed you as a prophet to the nations. But Lord. Too young. But Lord, I'm an old man and my wife is past childbearing years. Never mind about all that. You're going to be a father of many nations and I'm going to change your name. Father of many nations. Have you checked everything out, God? Are you sure? Are you sure? But Lord... See if you can guess who this is. I'm not married, and I don't think my fiancé is going to like this very much. 
that was Mary. You're going to get pregnant. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. I've heard that one before. But Lord, all we have are five loaves and two fishes. Feed them anyway. Just break it and pass it out and see what happens. We can't. Is so many times our confession. And guess what? That's true. We can't. We may say we cannot, but God says, I am. I can. I am your miracle. I am your hope. I am your life. I am your provision. I am what you need. I am your future. And we can focus on the bones, focus on the death, focus on our surroundings, or we can focus on the voice speaking to us. And he is the word. And his word, he is the word of life. I am your miracle. Can these bones live? Lord, you know. We don't have the answers, guys. Anyone comes to you with the answer, they're more than likely wrong. Only God is the answer for right now. Only God is the answer in the valley of bones. Number two, we must do what we are commanded to do, and God will do the rest. G give me the fish. Give me the bread. Come on. Come on. Give it, just give it to me. It wasn't a sack lunch. They didn't have paper sacks. Whatever, whatever that lunch bag was, that little boy. Can you imagine asking that poor little boy, Jesus wants your lunch. <laughs> Just give it up. He blessed it and he broke it. And it kept on going. It kept on going. All they had to do was hand it to Jesus. Let him do it. We can speak into the natural. What was Ezekiel told to do? Prophesy to the dry bones. Oh, that's a little bit ridiculous. I have a hard time prophesying to the living. Now you're saying prophesy to the dead? Well, they're a little better audience sometimes. <laughs> we can speak into the natural, and God can work in the supernatural. Like Ezekiel, we must have the faith to follow the commands of God. That's really hard sometimes. God asks you to do something. Just do it. Go up and talk to that person. But Lord, they have tattoos. They have things pierced that I don't think should be pierced. I don't know if I should be talking to them. Or just flip the coin there. But Lord, they're old. They look so together. 
That's what's hard for me. This person's really got it together. I'm not going to walk up and say that to them. God says, say it, say it, and he'll do the rest. You don't have to, you're not responsible for the results. When we learn that lesson, when we just obey and do that next thing, then God can use that. Because we want to take it all the way down 10 steps later. But if I say this, then he'll say that. It's not a chess game, guys. Because God's already pronounced checkmate at the end of the Bible. You don't have to count your moves. Just do the next thing. Just move your little pawn. Whatever. All you have to do is that one, sing that song. But God, not that song. Everyone hates that song. I hate that song. We wore that out back in the 2000s. Or how about nobody knows that song? Pastor said I shouldn't introduce too many songs. So nobody knows what to sing. Well, if God says sing it, sing it, okay? Pastor will be just fine. You'll get over it. If it's God. If it ain't. <laughs> you'll find out if it's God or not. <laughs> Prophesy. Prophesy. What does that mean? Speak what I'm telling you to speak. And isn't God so faithful? He says, tell these bones to live. God tells him what to say. That's the prophetic. God tells you what to say. It just means you're speaking for another person. Aaron was Moses' prophet, it says. He spoke for Moses. Now, God was big enough to speak through a burning bush. God was big enough to do signs and wonders. But God wasn't for Mo Isn't it funny how we limit God? Oh, but I've got some speech impediment, and I cannot speak, even though you say you're going to do these things, turn the water into blood, whatever. He didn't know about the Red Sea then. God just saved that for him. What about my brother? He's a pretty snazzy speaker. He can, he can hold a crowd. And Moses grew up in the school of the Egyptians. I think he probably could talk. He could speak Egyptian better than most. He was probably talking to Pharaoh in Egyptian, right? Okay, so I'm just saying, we put limits. God, I know you can do this, this, and that, but this thing over here, no. Just prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, okay. Ezekiel was a prophet, okay? He was born a prophet. God called him as a prophet. He was priestly background. He saw a vision of wheels within wheels. Read Ezekiel. It blows your mind. It's a drug trip. It's an acid trip. I've never been on, but they say it's kind of like that. I know people that... No people. <laughs> Who are the prophets in the New Testament, guys? Can you take a selfie? Who are the prophets? 
Who did God call to be prophets? This special select group of weird people. That would be all of us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, hey, I want you all to speak in tongues, but I even want you more so to prophesy. Earnestly desire it. Seek after it. I could never do that. Well, stop limiting God because God said you could. And how, do you, how, how am I supposed to do that? You get quiet, you listen, and when God tells you to say something, you say it. And it might be just one word, it might be half a word. You'd give that first little thing, and then God gives you more. <laughs> and then God gives you more. Yeah? And you let other people judge what you're saying. It says that in the New Testament. It means you don't just haul someone off to a corner. I got a word for you. Uh, hey, if, if you do that, it's okay. <laughs> but I hear about stuff sometimes. <laughs> That's for your own good, right? Because someone could do something, maybe they could misinterpret what you're saying. Because all of us have the best intentions, right? All of us have really good hearts. But sometimes we don't communicate it in such a way. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That means it's not all 100% fresh-squeezed orange juice that comes out sometimes. <laughs> sometimes there's a, lot, a little crud in there. Because we're human. Now, in the Old Testament, they took care of that real quick. Someone misprophesied. I just made up that word. You just stoned them. You just, sorry. Okay. We do have a place out back. No, you just humble yourself and... Hey, you know, that you started out really good, but then I don't know what happened at the end. Right? So we're here for each other. We're here not to criticize. That's the important thing is the atmosphere that allows the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow is a spirit of uh, atmosphere of honor and humility, knowing that all of us have gotten it wrong before. <laughs> so prophecy is encouragement, number one. Go for it. It's God's cheering you on, and we get to be his mouthpiece sometimes. So well, that's a whole nother seminar, okay? I'm just saying God says to speak, we got to speak. There's his part, and then there's our part. This is a partnership, and this is God's desire. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. The gifts of the Holy Spirit Allow us to partner with God. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Jesus used his gifts to reveal the Father, and that's why we use our gifts. And a lot of people have used their gift to exalt themselves, and that's why things have gotten messed up. Because we all have these insecurities. We want to be liked. We want to be worth something, something. But God just, God, we're worthy already, guys. We don't need a gift to validate us because we're already validated. Number three, revival is a supernatural work of God. What happened to those bones? They got revived. Revival is recreation. 
God formed the bodies. He put them back together. But his breath brought the life. So he says, first of all, prophesy to the bones. Come together. And next, prophesy the breath. Revival is the breath of God breathing into a situation. The breath of God entered man, and he became a living soul with Adam. The breath of God entered the disciples on the day of Pentecost, and the church became a living, breathing soul. And we've needed that breath of God ever since. And sometimes we get depleted, we get down, we get spent. What do we need? Breath of God, the wind of God, the power of God. Life comes from the breath of God. Finally, number four, the breath formed an army. There was a purpose that God brought the bones together. For an army to be successful, it needs to move as one. The reason all those empires were successful that I mentioned, the Babylonian, Persian, Greek, Roman, they had well-ordered and well-trained military that moved together. We are part of something bigger. Beyond years. Jesus started this 2,000 years ago. We've been part of that. Beyond borders. The church is not American. The church is not Jewish. The church is not, you put in whatever nationality. Yes, yes, we have our individualities, we have our gifts, we have our things we celebrate. Those things are great. They're like different regiments. There were different tribes in Israel, and they moved with their tribe, but they all still moved as one, and there was order to it. We are alive for a purpose. Ezekiel says that it was a vast army. That word vast in Hebrew means exceedingly great, full, powerful, terrible to their enemies. And so there were three prophetic words Ezekiel was told to share. He was told to speak to the bones, live. He was to prophesy for the breath to fill them, and then he was to prophesy that they were to become an army. And I think it's very interesting when he interprets the vision. In verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look, they are saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope is perished. We are cut 
off. Therefore prophesy and tell them that this is what the Lord God says. Oh, my people. God's still calling them his people. I will open your graves and bring you up from them, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it, says the Lord. Why does God do all of this? So that we would know that he's God. So that the world would know that he is God. God knows what is being said. He listens. He also knows what should be said. Right now, we should be speaking life. We should be speaking hope. We should be speaking deliverance. We should be speaking the word of the Lord. What is God saying to this generation? Nobody's going to speak to this generation but this generation. Right? We've got to be listening. We've got to be seeking him. God commands us to speak life into these situations. So we are an assembly of those who represent him, the I am, he is. And this is our prayer today. God, speak. God, let me speak your words. God, breathe. Revive me. Revive us. Revive others. Give me faith to believe you when things are beyond hope and impossible. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Just Seek him right now. God, what are you saying to us? Lord, you chose us to live right now. You chose us to be part of this generation. You chose us to be aware of what's going on in this world that we live in. Lord, I thank you for, for the voice <laughs> that we would hear it. Open our ears because you're speaking right now. God, open our hearts to believe it. God, I pray you'd raise up prophets that would speak with authority into this generation, Lord. Lord, let it be begin here. Let it begin with us. Lord, we just thank you today that you are not only able, but you want to use us because this is your vision. This is your word, not ours. This whole thing was your idea, this thing called the church. Lord, help us to be what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.